Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by USAA Homeowners Insurance. USAA has homeowners insurance that could lead the league in assists. Serving our military veterans and their eligible family members, USAA delivers award-winning service and peace of mind. And if you file a claim, the process is transparent and easy, and you can do it all right in the USAA app. Tap the banner or visit usaa.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me, he does every Thursday night from TheRinger.com, is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concer, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Cameraman, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin O'Sphere, Kevin How are you doing, man? Look at you. For the, for the people listening to the podcasts, we are not all on video yet. However, we do put out social clips. And you have a new crystal clear HD 4K video. You're looking sharp, Chris. We're just we're coming up in the world, Kevin. <laughs> we're really we're really coming up in the world. Uh, shouts to one of our listeners who we met at our live show in Memphis, Jack Hampton, who has become a very successful YouTuber with his YouTube uh, channel Hampton Sports. He's the one I after we had met him at our live show. I had watched his videos and I said, man, your videos look so good. What do you use? And he sent me all the links and I was like, I'm in, I'm in. So maybe I'm just going to become video guy now. You never know, Kev. You never know. I would love if the mismatch were all on video every episode. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Free the mismatch. Why are yeah. we not on video? I mean, Spotify's got video. Why not? I feel like it's because they think we're not handsome enough. And, <laughs> Radio you know, voices. they're probably right. <laughs> they're probably right. Uh, I think one time when I asked, they said, you are clip handsome. You're not show handsome. So we are worthy of 30 max, like, minute and a half clip. And I know you try to, 
you try to really go over the edge and you just post your own clips and do it <laughs> natively. But I, I just want everybody to know, Kevin does that on his own. Nobody at The Ringer does that or Spotify. They would never let us be on camera for longer than a minute and a half. So yeah, Kevin a ma- just goes... a max goes, of 30 seconds. Yeah. The, the clips our social team does as a rule, 30 <laughs> seconds only. Kevin, go- <laughs> Kevin goes rogue and does them himself. All right. We are going to play everybody's favorite game show. And I swear, the I mean, the people have been clamoring for that's true. That might be true. That's ridiculous. And so we're going to give the people what they want. We're going to play that uh, in a little bit with a lot of different subjects included. Everything that's kind of taken place through the week is included in uh, this week's episode. But first, there were a couple of games before we are coming on tonight. Uh, the Celtics mashed the heat. Now, I watched the Heat last night as well because they were playing against the Grizzlies, and it was basically not the Grizzlies. It was basically the Memphis Hustle. And it wasn't even the Memphis Hustle that has been, like, together because Scottie Pippen Jr., who just got on the team, like, a couple days ago, he's playing, like, closing minutes against Miami. And it was part of it which was like, wow, this is a great effort by a bunch of young guys that are getting their opportunity. On the other side, I thought, my God, this Heat team, like, I'm never falling for it again. The, like, what's wrong with them? You know, do they have some issues? Whatever. Like, we just, if nothing else, we learned our lesson last year when they got in through the play-in, and next thing we know, they're in the finals. They just, you really never know when they're going to come out and give a big effort. And I felt like like I was texting a bunch of my buddies, and it was like, all right, they're going to turn it up in the fourth quarter, and then you're either going to make some shots and not let them come back, or they're just going to get every stop. They're going to start treasuring the ball and playing like the game matters, but they're going to give about 15 really tough minutes to you, or 12 probably, and you're going to have to navigate through those. They'll try at the end of the third. They'll try at the first six minutes of the fourth, and if the game's in range, then they'll play it out. If it's not in range, then they'll just cash it in. But, like, I just thought that's a a veteran team that doesn't care where their seed is. And so they are, to me, the absolute hardest by a wide margin to judge or evaluate during the regular season because we've just seen this a thousand times. And that is a credit to Boston. Who does not do that? Like on regular occasion, they give big effort and they go in there and they smoke Miami tonight and beat them, run them off the court. And so, you know, I'd like to think, you know, that that is super indicative of what would happen if they played big stakes basketball. But just after what I saw last night, it's hard for me to believe because I'm like, man, this team, they, like, they, they just, they give it everything they've got in the playoffs, but I, it is so few and far between that you feel like they give it all they've got until they get to that point. I mean, you said it like that last year they were they almost got eliminated in the play. I know. They were just in the play and they were down in the fourth quarter to the Bulls. <laughs> like it was almost all over in the middle of April before the playoffs even began for them. And and they I mean, who knows? We'll see how the standings fall for the re- remainder of the season. Uh 
if they slip to seven, they'll they'd be in the play-in again. It's, it's right. not impossible that happens. But I think for Boston, they are you know clearly in. Uh, we are trying to run through everybody during the entire regular season mode. They're not letting up except for resting Porzingis, which. I mean, he turns his ankle tonight. Yeah, uh, he said after the game he's fine. It looked worse than it actually was, um, but I'm sure he'll be resting even more often moving forward. But aside from that, Boston's been going full throttle. Miami's doing the the same thing they've been doing for years now. I do think it is interesting how Jimmy Butler after the game said, "Like we have to, you know, get back to having fun. We have to find joy." How much of that is? the fact that you're just bored during the season per usual, or how much of that is there is maybe something different chemistry-wise compared to uh, recent years where they actually did make those runs. That's just something that, that I'm, you know, keeping tabs on after he well, said and that. Well, and you know what? And it's... Jimmy can say whatever Jimmy wants to say. I think that fee- that team feeds off him greatly. And, yeah. like, there's a lot of these games he may shoot the ball 10 times. Things that are never happening when the game has high stakes, right? He'll just kind of coast. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He had 11 shots tonight. He was 7 He had 10 last, or what do you have? He didn't, yeah, I don't know if he yeah. had 10 last night. Yeah, like last night, he had 10 last, he was 4 of 10 last night. Well, here, here's his numbers during the losing streak. I'll just give you all five of the losses in a row. 6 of 11, 8 of 10, 5 of 10, 4 of 10, 7 of 11. Perfect. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, why like, you can't yeah. judge anything they do. <laughs> because during the postseason, he's shooting double 20 times yes. per game. That's his average last year in the postseason 20, the year before 19. So, I mean, that's like <laughs> a dramatic difference. Jimmy yeah. Butler's usage. Uh, so, I mean, in that sense, like you're not reading into it that much. But the, they are really on a serious skid here. The, the well, wind, and you know what you, know what you notice? They miss Hawkins. Yeah. Oh, Hawkins is great. They miss him, though. Like, it's just another guy. Once yeah. they lose him in, a, in the rotation, it's another guy they're down. And it's like he has been so, so outstanding for them. The shooting percentage, he's just not only has he been so good, he's been so efficient. And so when you're extracting that from the lineup, it's just inevitably going to less efficient players than he. And yep. and then they got it now. They got to try to figure out the Rogier thing on the fly as well, which is going to take a minute. Of course, yeah. Integrating any new player, hard to take anything out of it. Um, super impressed with the Knicks. Like I got a little blowback after talking the Knicks up and talking about their crazy stats the other day. They're like, "Hey, why don't you wait until they play somebody?" Okay, they played Denver. Is that good? <laughs> and they crushed them. They destroyed <laughs> that, them right out that, of the is gates. That, is, the, is Denver good? Is that a good enough one? Like, who you want them to play? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you've seen what you've seen, and I'd seen that team in person, I was like, and I saw them without Brunson. And I'm like, man, they got the goods. Like, as we've been saying, like, I think that Knicks team, I think they're really good. And I think that they've got a bunch of guys that they could throw at you. They've got wing defenders, like, and they got a plethora of them. They got wing defenders. They've got a guy that can get you buckets. Um, you know, whenever he needs to get you buckets, and then they've got guys that can come off the bench and do some stuff for them. And so, and and they've got the the bigs, and they didn't even have you know. I think this is it's interesting. They didn't have Hartenstein tonight. Yeah, and so of course they're down Robinson. They're down Hartenstein, and you wonder if 
in some ways that was a better it, it forced them into what might have actually been better against Jokic. And I know Jokic is always going to have his numbers. He's always going to have his numbers. He's always going to be efficient doing it. Um, but in terms of being smaller, getting out, going, all that kind of stuff, like, you know, there's no great answers for Jokic. Teams try to go small. They try to go big. But I don't know if you, you for sure would have played your big guy a lot if he's there, but you didn't have a choice in the matter. And so you end up having to play small in this game, and it was amazing for them. Amazing. I mean, and also, I mean, OG Ananobi showed his value throughout the entire game, I, I felt like. I mean, offensively, just the, the basic numbers. He had 26 points in the game on 18 shots, but defensively, he was the primary defender on Jamal Murray. And uh, I thought he did a tremendous job defending Murray on the perimeter. Um, he made things hard on him. He showed his versatility throughout the game, as he has in literally every single game ever since he was acquired by the Knicks. But it, I thought it was like really OG's best overall game for the Knicks when you factor in how well he played on offense. Um, but that dude's been a a massive difference maker. And I think you look back at the time of the trade, the analysis, you know, it was like, well, could the Raptors have actually won this trade? Because quickly could, you know, pan into something. RJ could get better. And that's 100% true. But it wasn't talked about a lot. Like, well, what could OG turn into? And, right. and, OG, and OG is like in that defensive scheme, in that situation, he feels like an even more valuable version of the guy that we've seen for years with the Raptors. Yep. Uh, another thing worth mentioning is the, the Pacers really good win against the Sixers without Halliburton, no less. And I think one of the things they, they, they can be very Siakam. balanced and they and then they've got another guy that could do the 25 plus thing mm -hmm. now. Right. In the absence of they got another guy that could get you that 25 plus that you really need and out of your leading score. Ten assists yeah. tonight. The creation. That, like, what's, isn't that what we talked about all year? Oh, they need another guy who can create. Well, see, I can yep. ten assists, two turnovers tonight. He was, you know, really creating for Indiana. Yep. All right. You ready for the game? Let's play the game, I don't game, know if Chris. you're ready. I don't it. know if you're ready, Kevin. I don't know any of the questions per usual. None of them. You didn't none of them. on any of them. I know nothing. I know That's nothing. true. That might be true. That's ridiculous. All right. We will begin with the following. LeBron being a 20-time All-Star is his most impressive accomplishment. It's ridiculous. It's the 10 times in the finals during the modern era, in my opinion. Going to the finals 10 times in this era of basketball is his most uh, incredible achievement of all, for sure. Uh, getting to the finals is difficult, regardless of what you want to say about the Eastern Conference uh, through some of those years. It's an incredibly difficult accomplish ye accomplishment year after year after year after year after year after year to do to always be playing till June. An all-star game? Yes, it's amazing. But you it's have right to be healthy. Like, you have to be available. You have to be healthy to be available for 10, all -star, 10, 10 uh, finals as well. Until June. It. I get it, but Kevin, you like his twenty, 20? his twenty, his twenty All NBAs is more impressive than his twenty All Stars. Twenty is like impossible, though. Yeah, but, he, only... but he also, but he also, he will at the end of the year have an equal amount of All NBA appearances too. That's more impressive than All Stars because that's fifteen roster spots. Take this into consideration. This though. is I, this is ridiculous. Like right now. Yeah. 
Giannis has been to, I think, eight. Yeah. So he would have to go to 12 more in a row. And that would put him like in his 40s. And, and, and to get to 10 finals, he'd have to go to nine more. Wow. I know you don't know about the finals down there in Memphis yet, but maybe well, someday you'll, you'll, you will. And, and you know how hard it is to get there. What's his record in those? Four and six. Okay. I was just checking. Um, there's only four guys in the history of sports. You'd, ra- you'd rather get to, I know you wouldn't. You'd rather get to the finals and lose than just not make it at all. It's better to make I it. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordie Howe, <laughs> Stan Musial. Wait, what is this? LeBron. These are guys that have been to 20 All-Star okay, games. Okay, all right. Gordie Howe in hockey, Stan Musial, and uh, I think Willie Mays as well. LeBron. And then Hank Aaron is like 25, 25 all-star wow. games. I mean, that's, come on. Yeah. <laughs> 25. 25 is just absurd. But <laughs> that's in all of sports. Hmm. In all of sports doing that. So <laughs> I think you're, I, th- I know, I know you're on as nuts about the finals thing, but. Yeah, but he, how many players have been to 10 championships? What's the list for that? Did you compile that? I don't know. It's I don't short. know. How, it's probably, how many pretty got, short. How many guys played in 10 finals? Yeah, it's not many. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how many guys had to get past Roy Hibbert. Oh, know. my God. I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. I think I think there were some other guys on that team, but Roy Hibbert was the big one. Um, literally the big one. He was. Literally. <laughs> Seven foot two. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So we do have the, okay. Oh, well, then let's just stay with the all-star thing. New York should be ashamed of themselves for not getting Brunson into the All-Star game because of the fan vote. Yeah, well, what what is Dame in Milwaukee? Does, does Dame's team and the Bucks, you know, all of Wisconsin, they have bots or something? They're, or, or Knicks fans just lazy and, and not realizing that they all had a vote to get Brunson in. I, I think it's a... I it's saw a, you say it's, it's a, a crime. Everybody complaining about it, and I think rightfully so. Brunson but there's nobody, there's nobody to blame but the fans. Everybody else did right on this. The fans didn't do right on this. And they are in media market number one. There's no excuse for this. No excuse. Isn't that something else? Like, like you, you know, they're the big, one of the biggest markets in the world, New York City. And Brunson was sixth. In, who in was the, the guy that got in because of the K-pop fans? Uh, who was, was it? that a couple years ago? It was egregious, and you defended it. No, I oh, it was Andrew Wiggins. Oh, that was Wiggins? Gross. Andrew Wiggins starting oh, in an all-star yeah, game was right. embarrassing. Yeah, yep. Wiggins. Yep. What an embarrassment that was. Yeah, after, uh, from, a K- from a K-pop star helped promote Yeah, him. maybe Br- maybe Brunson said it started like a K-pop. Bam Bam. Bam Bam is the yeah. K-pop star who assisted Wiggins. Yeah, that looks great in retrospect, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard you on Simmons' pod saying that he has to be attached to something to get traded. <laughs> It's falling off. Guy started in the All Star game two years ago. <laughs> now he's got to be attached to something to get rid of him. What in the world? I agree. Jalen Brunson should be starting the All Star game. Crazy, but he was sixth, sixth, and uh, and fan voting. Wow. Dame it, and Dame didn't was, hit the ballot box. Uh, Dame was fifth in media rank. So you didn't even answer. You, are you saying that's true? 
New York oh. should be ashamed. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think the fan voting is. Fuck, I, I don't know. Fuck, 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 I, I, I just, fuck, I just think it like there's. Fuck, 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 no, no, I don't think so. Chicken. Fuck, I don't think. No. Say it. Say New York should be ashamed. No, that, fuck, 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 that might be true. That might be no. true, but it's not. It's not ridiculous, <laughs> and it's not true because I don't like the fan voting process. It's like they have days where votes count times five, double votes. So I don't know. It's just online. There's a lot of bots on social media. Just, How'd everybody else get it right? I, I, I <laughs> well, I mean, did did it was everything else perfectly right? I for the fan vote. Next question. Every other all star is absolutely right and worthy. Uh, no, I mean, I think AD probably should have started over LeBron. So I'd say that might be true. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to argue against LeBron making it. Sounds um, like you are. But, but AD, AD should be the choice over LeBron for starters. <gasps> you going to give him his captaincy too? And I think they, so just looking, let's go through it. LeBron stands, get yeah, after let, him. Let's, let's this go is, through this it. Is, just, just so people who are listening, they may not even know the All-Stars. In the West, the guards, Luca and SGA. That's true. I think people got that right. In the no West, Curry? Correct. SGA okay. and Luca deserve it over Curry and over Ant for that matter. In the West, the front court was LeBron, Jokic, and Kevin Durant uh, over 80, Kawhi, Paul George. I mean, I think, you know, Jokic is obviously correct. You can make arguments against KD. I had him on my ballot. I, would, I did go with AD over LeBron, if I remember correctly. And, and so I'd say that might be true. It's it's close. And the in the East, the guards, Halliburton and Dame. We just talked about Dame. He had the tiebreaker over Brunson because of the fan vote. Halliburton's the correct choice over Trey, Mitchell, Maxi, White. And the East front court, I had the identical ballot. Giannis, Tatum, and Bede. That's correct in my opinion. So overall, that that might be true. But people did a good job for the most part, I'd say. How about Halliburton being number one across the board? Isn't that something else? That must be an Indiana has the all-star game factor as well. Fans are motivated there. They're probably seeing billboards around the city and all that. I also think that the NBA did a very good job in accentuating his rise to stardom through that entire in-season tournament thing. Totally agree. You, you and I were both in Vegas. There were damn billboards of Halliburton all over the place. And they made that a very big event. And he was so great in two of the games. And so we, I remember the pod we recorded in Vegas. And it's like, this has been the, the story of this is this ascent to superstardom that is taking place in front of our eyes because he just mowed Milwaukee. We had just watched that game, and it was like, dude, that was superstar stuff. Like, I'm the best player on the floor in this game. And he was doing, remember, he's doing the Dame Time stuff and tapping his wrist, and it's like, whoa, now this is a big coming out party, and it just kept on carrying over. And I, I'm, I'm, I was super impressed by that. I get it that they're having the All-Star game. Of course, their fans are going to be super enthused, but Halliburton was not. A he, he was not a guy that transcended the hardcore fan to the casual fan. And this year he just broke through that completely to the point where he's now he's now a big name in the league. And it all happened rather quickly. It really did. And it was some huge games on national TV. 
So I think for star making, because that's not a team that's on national TV a lot. So people saw him on the in-season tournament. And they're like, Jesus, this guy's awesome. That was his first TNT game. Right. Right. And you see what an impact it had. You know? Mm-hmm. I was happy for him. Get in on all the NBA buzzers, ankle breakers, and tomahawk jams with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action, especially with the Friday night games in the NBA. The Thunder right now are on the road against the Pelicans, a plus two. Give me Thunder plus two. Give me Thunder plus 108 with the money line. They're going to beat the Pelicans. The Thunder are awesome this year. So I'll take OKC over New Orleans. If you don't want to go with games, you can look at props. You can look at the NBA Finals, Futures, Awards. We just had all-star announcements. If you want to bet on Sixth Man of the Year, Clutch Player of the Year, Most Improved, MVP, Rookie of the Year, FanDuel has it all. The app is super easy to use, and there's a bunch of different ways to bet with live same-game parlays. You can find those in the Parlay Hub. So check it all out at FanDuel.com slash mismatch. And over there, go make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RJ. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, next one. The Milwaukee Bucks screwed this up by hiring Doc Rivers. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the way I'll put it. I'll say that's ridiculous, and and here's why. You're going from the worst coach in the league to an above-average coach. Is he the worst coach in the league? We know Griffin. Griffin was one of the worst coaches in the league. Griffin was terrible. I mean, a 30-13 and team just fired their head coach. This team was a disaster behind the scenes ever since training camp. That's why they fired fired their coach when they were 30-13. and They knew he was a disaster. And so they had to pull the plug and hire somebody who's reliable. Uh, He knows how to gain the respect of his team. This is a veteran, mature group of players who can, you know, take a straight message from him. And and he knows how to at least install a system. Making adjustments in the postseason, that's where it can become a mistake uh, because he's been slow to make adjustments in the past. We've saw that. I think Doc does deserve a bit of credit for making Embiid and Harden work. Embiid was not a screen and roller until they got Harden. He became an MVP. He was optimized during the regular season. They did not implement enough motion and movement. They have better motion movement players this year, uh, That's which has helped Nurse install that system that should have been installed in past years under Doc. But I, I think Doc is... Look, I've always been critical of Doc. I, I know I, you have. That's why I'm asking. Have. I always have, but I still think in some regards it's, it's which which like, which don't you like? Is it the 32 closeout games that he's lost or is it the se- seven series where he's been up 3 to 2 or is it the 10 game sevens or is it the 12 series when he's held a series lead? That's exactly I mean, what exactly that's exactly what I don't like and why Doc I always gets a pass because he is so charming and so cool. That's the truth. 
Everybody knows that. But I don't think I've ever given him a pass. I've always been super critical of Doc and said he's not great enough as a coach for so that So then team. how can you not think they made a mistake because, here? Because they went from 30th best coach to like 14th, 13th best coach. It's an upgrade. They mm. had to make a move. They had to. Okay. And, they, and they got the best guy available. Who are you going to... Who, like, who's... Who are you going to hire? A guy from another team? You're going to go get Kenny Atkinson from the Warriors? Like, who are you going to hire? Jeff Van Gundy, who hasn't coached for over a decade? He hasn't coached for a decade. They said the ones they talked to, right, were Van Gundy, McMillan, and Doc. That was the yeah, report I McMillan's saw. McMillan's not as good as Doc. Like, who, who's the candidate you're going to hire mid-season? Well, he, he, I mean, he is actually responsible for one of those blown series leads when the Hawks beat the Sixers. The mistake was interviewing Griffin in the first place, making him a candidate for Giannis to enjoy. He had 13. He's, he himself said he had 13 head coaching interviews before the Bucks. He was his 14th interview. 13 teams said no thanks. And then the 14th one gave him a chance. That was the mistake in the first place. Giving the interview and hiring him. That was the mistake. But they're trying to reverse that and make up for it by hiring a coach with decades of experience who's respected around the league and can at least, at least improve on what's been there. You'd hope. Did you read that thing about my best friend, John, John Horst? <laughs> Did you read that thing about his dog? No, I, I didn't see this. Was this published this morning? I didn't see his it. His dog is named Griff. After Adrian Griffin. <laughs> they got to change that dog's name. No, but it's like an old dog now. They met when he was just working. Wow. Like he had just He had gotten a job with the Bucks. Adrian was like working as an assistant coach with the Bucks, And they lived in the same building. Wow. And they named the dog Otis. And then they were on the elevator one day and talking. And he's like, no, the dog's name should be Griff. He was one of my favorite players when he played in the NBA. He loved how hard-nosed he was or whatever. And I'm like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And then the damn thing went on to say that they got, they whittled down the guys to, for the job and that Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis all interviewed the candidates. They all interviewed them, the different guys. And so that's how, like, so this was a, a player's thing. And then it kind of like goes on. I think it was a, a Collier's article on ESPN.com. I think that's the one that this was from. And it, then it goes on and it, it says in there that um, basically he had this plan of this attacking defense with Toronto that he had brought there and whatever. And, and then they got rid of Holiday. And so it was like, that's, he wasn't coaching the team that he thought he was going to be coaching you know, when he made his pitches and he got the job and whatever, and then obviously struggled to adapt on the fly. And that's why the players immediately went to him and were like, oh, we suck on defense. Can we please change this? Yeah, he lost to the back trust of to everybody. what we're used to. Everybody yeah, yeah, in the yeah. locker room. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, and obviously the Stotts thing was a debacle. Of course. Having, having that thing go down. What about Terry Stotts? That would have been the craziest move. To hire Terry Stotts. That'd have been crazy. Like, to, to hire the guy yeah. that got berated at practice and quit. Yeah. If he had stuck around, maybe he would have been. He probably would have been hired as head coach. Probably. 100%. That's yeah. why they installed him. Yeah. Just and that's backup. probably why there was tension there. Yeah. Because Griffin felt like he was being undermined, even though Stotts, I think, was just trying to be an assistant coach and 
help, <laughs> which is what he was hired for. That's why the Bucks brought in Doc to be a consultant. They're like, Griffin needs help. He needs a I'm going to miss Doc him. Rivers so much on Simmons Pod. I, I know, Doc became really good. He's great. He's great podcast guest. Yeah. But, I mean, he gets a pass on his playoff. Does he, oh, though? I don't yes, know. I'm, he does. I'm, does he? I don't know about that, Chris. Like I've been critical of him on this pod, on social media. I've been critical Who was of him. ripping? Did you see anybody ripping the hire? I get it. That I you're don't going know. I don't right. Know. It's just because it's Griffin. But honestly, people weren't out there going, that, Bro, you can't yeah, fire but, Mike Budenholzer and then go to Adrian Griffin but and then Chris, Doc River. Wait a minute, though. But Chris, like, I tweeted about this a bunch over recent days. I wrote an article about it. I saw a lot of people replying to me saying, but they hired Doc. There's a lot of people saying that. I'm saying media doesn't. Fans will. Yeah, the media know. loves Doc. They yeah, always, of course. I can't. can't I speak for any, I can't speak for any other media. I don't know. But I mean, his playoff record stinks. Yeah, I know. He's blown tons of lead, leads over the years. He's been slow to make adjustments. That's why it's worrisome. That's why you got rid of booted holes during the first place. Is because even though he could install a great system and lay the foundation, making the tweaks in the postseason was often too slow. With some of the in-game decisions, management, some of the game-to-game adjustments were too slow. So I think with Doc, that's where the concern is. And we'll see come postseason time. But all I know is I trust him to fix some of the wacky you know, decisions that Griffin had installed on defense. Like having Giannis and Portis switch as much as, as, much as they do. Some of the still aggressive perimeter defense rather than playing more conservative like in past years. Offensively, you can still run way more. Dame Giannis pick and roll like you did with Harden and Bede. Like there's still more things that they can do to be even better than they've been. And, and here's the thing. It doesn't even matter. Like he's good with stars. Stars love him. Yeah. And you got Damian Lillard and Giannis. You're going to have a chance at winning the whole thing if you put a- Adrian Griffin was going to have a chance at winning the whole thing. Anybody. Uh, I don't know. Was going to have a chance at winning the whole thing. I'm not sure. Yes, about they that. are. Yes, they are. He's 30 and 13. I know, but and the, he but, stinks. You're gonna have a chance. Yeah, the schedule gets harder in the second half of the season for them, though, as well. I got you, but what's the worst you could see them being? Seriously, I think I could see him being a first round exit. We just talked about Miami. Like, what if they slip to the seven seed? The Bucks could have been a first round exit. Sure. Really? Yeah. I don't know, man. They were last year. I got you. They got Damian Lillard now. And I, I know, know everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay, Damian Lillard. And he doesn't deserve to be an all-star. Damian Lillard is still freaking awesome. And if you get to a playoff game and it's the last three minutes, I want him. I We're choosing guys. I want him. It's funny. My, my week with Dame is like I'm arguing with Bill back and forth about Dame like being the right choice for the Bucks, And then today I'm like, Brunson should have been an all-star over him. Dame, Dame should still be an all like on uh, all-star candidate, but I, I don't think he should have been the starter over Brunson. But the fact is, is Dame is still awesome. And I hope doc finds ways to really get him going more like Portland did. Like there's still more that I can do with him creatively in the half court on offense. I, I, I want to see some more like just take what the Blazers did a little bit. Next statement. Giannis and Dame saying that they were shocked by the Griffin hiring is believable. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's the clearest lie ever. <laughs> it is such I mean, a lie. <laughs> yo, they were acting. Did you see the dancing? 
I know. They were so happy and having a good time. And, oh, no, we didn't know about it. I have nothing to do with it. Media makes up these narratives, Giannis says. Oh, he said, I invited him to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. So funny. And then they say, uh, yeah, it was it was actually to uh, serve the hors d'oeuvres, but I did invite him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are they talking about? How can they come out there with a straight face and talk? And, like all these headlines everywhere today were Giannis and Lillard shocked by Griffin firing. Like, shut the hell up! Why then why were you guys <laughs> dancing like it was <laughs> the biggest party ever? Before the game, I guess they're just showing unity or whatever. And you don't think John Horst, my best friend, went and told them, <laughs> give me a break. You don't think that they had any input. They, like, I get it. No, Zero. No, like, they don't want any blood on their hands. But can we slow down on the, oh, we didn't, uh, I was shocked as you. We didn't see this. This is out of nowhere. I swear to God, there's an article like that. I think one of the headlines. Let me go look this up real quick. <laughs> it's like, does does do they think we're stupid? It's like Giannis multiple times this year has complained in front of the media. We don't have a plan. We don't have a strategy. <laughs> the, the coaching needs to be better. The players need to be better. The equipment manager needs to be better. Remember that yeah. quote when he tried to cover up for himself after saying the coaching needs to be better? Look, I just typed this in. I, I typed in on Google, Giannis shocked. Giannis Antetokounmpo denies having a hand in the firing of Adrian Griffin. Giannis Antetokounmpo discusses Griffin firing. I loved the guy. Giannis Antetokounmpo says the firing came as a surprise. Quote, I loved the guy. And then the, and then the, I mean, they're all, they're all uh, it's all the rest of the stuff, right? And then he said, oh, this is great. It says, uh, it took one game without Adrian Griffin for the Bucks to rediscover their mojo. They erased a 126 or eased to a 126-116 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, blah, 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 blah. Antetokounmpo had reportedly, quote, lost faith in Griffin amidst the Bucks' defensive struggles this season. But the Greek freak told reporters following the win against Cleveland he was not responsible for the coach's firing and has less power in the organization than some people think. <laughs> Which, by the way, I just told you there was a report. He interviewed the coach! He interviewed... He was... He literally interviewed the guy. How can you... How can you sell me on you have less power than I think you do? What? Next. Antetokounmpo told reporters that he loved Griffin, even go so far to invite him to his wedding, and said after that, after all, the Bucks remained among the NBA's best teams despite some of their struggles defensively. At the end of the day, I trust the ownership decision. I trust the front office. They've never done me wrong in the past. They've always created blah, 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 blah. We did very, 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 very well with Griffin and whatever. And then uh, he says, Giannis and company may have been shocked and saddened by Griffin's firing, <laughs> but there's no denying that there was some jubilation. Bucks players were shown dancing on the court together before the opening tip. <laughs> the vibe seemed happy, if not celebratory. And then, you know, these guys, uh, yeah, they're all dancing around and everything. So, geez, Louise, those guys, they had no idea what was happening. Uh, all right, another job question. Kevin, the wizard's job is the worst job to have. That's true. 
I mean, it goes kind of goes without explanation, right? <laughs> would you like to tell? Would you like to tell the what's the guy's name? I I I, I apologize. If you're ranking, uh, if you're ranking the best assets, Brian Keith, for what it's worth, is is the the new interim head coach. But if you're if you're ranking like best assets in the league, Wizards are thirtieth. So yes, it's the worst. You would say they're ass. Yeah, the Wizards are ass. They're ass. The Wizards. I mean, shouts to, what was his name? Keith. Brian, Brian Keith. Brian Keith. How about my man, Wes Hunsell Jr.? He didn't get fired. He moved up to the front office. <laughs> Again, a, get an, probably an upgrade, really. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for that him. It is amazing. I don't know. Uh, that Wizards job, that's a tough one, bro. No, no. Like, at what point do you think you're winning? Maybe they'll hire Seriously. Belichick. Mm, somebody <laughs> needs to. There's, there's a question a little bit later. We'll get to him. Okay. All right. A Bulls-Pistons-Levine deal would make sense. No, that's ridiculous. Why would the Pistons Wait. trade for Zach Levine? Hold on. I'm about to tell you. What, what, what would they do this that is, for? This, this is reported by The Athletic. But it doesn't matter what you say. It's ridiculous. The Pistons and the Bulls have discussed a trade centered around Zach Levine. It's desperate. The Bulls would like a return of Boyan Bogdanovich and one of Kate Cunningham, Asur Thompson, Jaden Ivey, or Jalen Duran. See you later. Hanging off the phone. No, thank you. There, here, here's what's happening. One of two things are happening. Either A, this report and interest that we've heard from them about like DeJounte Murray, Siakam, and some of these veteran guys are looking for help, and now Zach Levine. It's either A, they have genuine interest, or B, they're just trying to make Cade happy to make it seem like they're trying to make adjustments to get the team better. I hope it's B. Because what are they doing? Because if it's A, I, I don't know why you'd be going for Zach Levine. He doesn't help you be a, like a, a team that's going to make a sustained run. He's just, he, they literally he's, did this with Jeremy Grant a couple of years ago. And it's like, for what? Like, why? So oh, that was cool. Jeremy Grant came there and averaged 20-something points a game, and they lost every night. Fun. And then they moved it off of him. Yep. And it's like, they're constantly like talking about guys that don't fit a timeline. Like, Tear that they, they have already torn it down. They've gotten these high draft picks. Now get some real vets around these kids. Teach them how to win, and move in this direction where that was this uh, you you decide which of these guys you want to be in your core, and then you grow them together. And then by the time they're 23, 24, 25, they're winning something. Here's the thing, and here's the real problem with the with, with the Pistons. And this is what the Pistons need to sort out. Their young guys don't fit. That's the real issue with Detroit right now. You've got a bunch of non-shooters. Mm. Thompson, Killian can't shoot threes yet. Duran's not a three-point shooter as a big. You got you got these guards with overlapping skills. Ivy's a below-average shooter. You drafted in four consecutive years. Killian, Cade, Ivy, Thompson, four young guys, and you traded into the first round to get Marcus Sasser. So you have five guards that all deserve the ball and deserve touches and developmental opportunities. And, and some of, a lot of those guys can't shoot. You need to figure out the mix of, of young guys that you want. So to me, if I'm Detroit, I'm not going after veterans. I'm trying to flip those young players either for one of two things, 
other young guys currently in the league that you feel like fit more or on draft night targeting another rookie specifically that you feel like is better suited to fit against the guys you want to keep. And by the way, just to put it out there, Cade would be one of those guys I'd also be open to moving. I think Cade's been spectacular. I wouldn't want to move him, but he's not an untouchable in my eyes if a team's willing to go way over the top and make a severe overpayment. So I just think that that thought is important to put out there, that there are no untouchables on the Pistons. I'm open to anything as long as I'm building young and not trying to rush things. It's ridiculous. Stop doing this. You never know what their plan is. You, you know never what their plan is? It's something dumb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I take it back. You do know what the plan is. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members. And they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Next. Draymond Green not being on Team USA in the pool of the Team USA is crazy. That's ridiculous. <gasps> what? It's a new era. Is it? Tell LeBron. <laughs> He's assembling the Avengers for this. I'm being serious. If we're having to go in there and we're trying to win this for the country, you don't want Draymond on that team? Maybe. Maybe, maybe really? That, that might be true. That might be true. <laughs> Who do you true. want? Like, that, you just that saw. Might be true. Don't Jaren, you want him? Yeah, yeah, what happened to Jaron Jackson Jr. last How year? How dare you? This isn't about Jaron. <laughs> yes, it totally but, is. They played the same role for the team. But seriously, like, for international basketball, you wouldn't want to have, you wouldn't want yeah, to have that, Draymond that, Green in the that, mix on that? That might, that might be true. That might be Grant true. Hill was saying his, his suspensions did, like, that. Basically, it's a reason. Yeah. It's not over completely, but like he's not on that list. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting one because it's one of those where we do have to separate ourselves from whatever our personal thoughts are about the guy or the Warriors or anything else. Like we're all rooting for Team USA. So if I'm trying to put together a team that can go and win, like, man, I do want some dogs on there. Well, they I do want um, some hard nosed guys. They had Chris Paul still on the list. Dude can't even get to the rim anymore. Let's be serious. Bam Adebayo, Jared Allen, Paolo Bancaro, AD, Embiid. Oh, yeah. I forgot Embiid's playing with us. Okay. We don't need him. We don't Chet, need him. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, I forgot about the Embiid thing. Walker, Kessler. I don't know. I, I, to me, I, I lean. I mean, the it Embiid might be thing, true. No, no, no. The Embiid thing changes yeah. everything. Because I, I forgot about that. It, it only might be true in the sense that like Draymond is... Such a character. He's liked by some of the veterans on that team. Um, but I lean towards that's ridiculous. You know, 
need him to win that's, gold. You, you should be winning. Well, go- you should be winning gold anyway. I told. I forgot about the Embiid thing. Because mm. I look, I don't want Jared Allen going in there against a, a you know, you know, like you, we saw, like the big brutes. These teams all have these big like brutes, yeah. like bringing arms on or a hair on their shoulders, and they just push you around if you're not, if you're not. If you're if you're not going to be physical, they play a physical brand of basketball, and they punish you down low. And I certainly want some size there. AD's gotten a lot more physical, and so that. But uh, so I'm I'm not particularly worried about it. But I did find it interesting that his that is something that his antics have cost him, because guys do take pride, and this is going to be it's going to be a very serious team that they put together for this last go round. It's going to be a hell of an Olympic team. Yeah. It is going to be a great honor to be a part of that. Whatever the 12 guys that end up on that team, it's going to be a great honor because it's going to be a who's who because they're taking it seriously now after what took place and especially after losing to Canada uh, the last time around. Next one. Luca was being soft with getting a fan kicked out of the game last night. That's true. That's true. Without a doubt. Did you see on TNT, he said, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I shouldn't have done that. I was was surprised that he did that, though. Do you think it was genuine? I think he felt the backlash. Yeah. I think he tried to turn it into everybody making it about him and Timmy McMahon. And that didn't go. It basically turned into, bro, stop. This isn't about negative stuff written about you. This is about a guy yelling at you in the crowd and you wanting to get him kicked out of the game. And if you were cursing and saying something that got under your skin terrible in the first half, then you would have told him in the first half to get him yeah. out of there. If he had gone, if he had crossed the line then, but he he was frustrated with the game. They were losing. And the guy just said something rather innocent that pushed him over the edge. And so he got mad about it. And you got the guy, you know, I guess the guy did not. I guess the guy just relocated. He didn't actually get kicked out of the game. The guy kind of left at his own volition from what I gathered today. But, yeah, I think he probably felt the blowback from that. And it was like, all right, I probably shouldn't have done that. Mm. Right? Yeah. But I get him being frustrated. I've been going to games for over 20 years. I don't, I've seen it happen maybe three or four times, like ever. It's usually like something deeply personal, family related, whatever. I saw I saw Westbrook try to get guys removed from the front row of a game last year. They wore uh, Westbrook shirts, <laughs> <laughs> and this is like right after he had been real sensitive about it, and he tried to get him removed from the game. <laughs> well, I saw JJ Reddick get a guy kicked out one time. Really. I don't know what he said. Uh, I don't know what he said, but I've seen, I've seen, I've seen it happen <laughs> a very few times. Very few times. I usually, what the J- I what the JJ one was. Usually, curious. if the trolls, like, you know, I'm saying the in-person trolls, it's usually a drunk guy. They're usually yelling, and usually, <laughs> if the players interact with them, like they usually <laughs> clam up pretty quickly. I told you years ago. I'll never forget. My favorite one ever was 
This guy was standing up. This is like the end of Mark Jackson's career. Mark Jackson, you know, the TV guy uh, that everybody knows from TV. Uh, obviously a great player, one of the great assist men in the history of the league. And uh, uh, Nick's Pacers, et cetera. And then also he's been a major part of our lives in the broadcasting side for many years. He was at the very end of his career. And <laughs> drug guys stood up in the crowd and he's just screaming at him, just screaming at him. And finally, it's like real quiet in the arena. And uh, Mark Jackson like gets fouled. And then he's kind of like doing the old man walk, you know, a roundabout way to get back to the free throw line, whatever. And the guy's like, Mark Jackson, why don't you just retire? You're too old. You're too old, Jackson. Just retire. Like he's like standing up in the crowd. He's the only guy standing up. And Mark Jackson walks straight over to like the edge of the crowd. He look, stare, he stares at the guy and he points at him. He goes, you shut up. <laughs> and the guy was like, okay. He just <laughs> snuck back down in his seat. But it was like a, like a man had just told this guy, like he acknowledged him. He told him to shut up. And the guy was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> this is the most powerful thing I've ever seen. And that totally disarmed the guy. Most of the time, and I will give Luke a credit when fans started jumping on him. When I saw him in person this year, he was, he would joke back with them. Like, or he would, he would jive back with them. I just think, you know, that whole, that whole Suns Mavs thing has some real heat now. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That was fun last night when it felt like the Suns and the Mavs have got some real heat and Chet and Wemby have some real yeah, like there's that a, was there's some real rivalry potential with these teams. Definitely. Well, and now we got and we got that Bucks Pacers thing. Yep. On that other side, right? Where? Who was it? Was it Malik Beasley that was uh, saying we they don't want to see us in the playoffs or whatever? I mean, they got yeah. beat them four zero. I do wonder how much of the Pacers winning those games that we had talked about. I wonder if the Bucks weren't 0-4 against the Pacers if the Griffin things ha happens. And I know that was not like one of the most recent losses, but I just think it like, okay, you saw that same team four times and like it just did not instill confidence that you were going to be able to get that done, right? And that's the Pacers. It's like, all right, we got to play teams better than them. And they just worked I mean, us. Indiana has been really good against the top teams in the East. I know. They beat Philly tonight. They've they've had competitive games. Everybody up top. All right, last one, Kevin. Bill Belichick is a Tom Brady creation. No wonder nobody's hiring him. That's ridiculous. He's a defensive mastermind. He he is an innovator of of system and pushing the limits. <laughs> Pushing the limits <laughs> in the in the early two thousands, uh, going from four three defense to three four, his bringing back nose tackle. Uh, Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. The decisions that he made, not calling the timeout against the Seahawks in the Super Bowl, letting the clock run, sensing pressure on the opposing sideline, sensing panic. He always had his finger on the pulse. He was an excellent head coach. He made uh, difficult decisions 
in the front office, letting go of star players, whether it was Lawyer Malloy or Richard Seymour back in the day when big paydays were coming and having replacements ready to go. He's he's a magnificent coach. He always has Kevin, been. Always has Kevin, been. Bill Belichick's record without Tom Brady is 83-101. and 101. I'm aware. Got to have a quarterback. Got to have a quarterback. And that's where he's failed in recent years. Is his drafting has fallen off a cliff. He has not been able to find offensive weapons. It's one of the reasons why Tom Brady left for the Bucks. He has not drafted well at finding a replacement quarterback. So, I mean, here you are. Brady going and winning hurt him. It did. It hurt the perception. I mean, we'll see if did. we'll see if Belichick can go win without Brady. Still, a he's chance. not. He's not going to have a job. He's going to be working for the Ringer. He might be. I'd love that. Get a Belichick Saban podcast. Uh, that'd Amazing. be a favor. Do that for a year and then go back to coaching and get Shula's record. He's old though. He should. I mean, like you don't know how many years you get. You get a. <laughs> if you want Shula's record, it might have to be this hey, year. <laughs> by by the way, I say I say all this. I'd have given anything for the Cowboys that got rid of McCarthy and hired oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is very Popovich-esque in that yeah. sense. You remember when I used to try to get on Chase Serrano's skin, and I used to say, he's just a Tim Duncan creation. Yeah. Like, go look at what he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, is it him or is it Tim Duncan, bro? Mm. So is it him or is it Tom Brady, bro? Which is it? The truth is, is it's both. It's is both. it? It is. Tom both. Brady went to Tampa and won. Yeah, but it it is both because in the early two thousands, Tom Brady. It didn't was, take both for Tampa to win. It took one. Yeah, but in the I'm saying in the early two thousands, Tom Brady was more of a game manager. He was not. He was he he fulfilled his role. He was like a star in his role, but he was not the dynamic thrower that he became in the mid two thousands and two thousand seven. In the early two thousands, Belichick built those defenses and constructed those game plans to slow down Peyton Manning. To, to, to contain a Ladinian Tomlinson in the postseason. He constructed those game plans on defense. And so I think it, it's always been collaborative between those two, and both of them deserve immense credit. It's not Belichick or Brady. It's the both of them. It's Brady and Belichick together. And if you got to pick one, of course Bel- you pick Bel- Bel- of course. Belichick. Belichick wasn't eating fresh herbs from his garden and managing his inflammation. Okay, but but if you're picking one, I will I will always pick the players over the coach. Always. <laughs> always. I always will. I think it's always the players who deserve credit above all else. But the coach does matter a lot. But it's it, it's always I can't believe be Atlanta didn't hire him. And I saw where that means it the GM like a power one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the GM one, whatever. And it's like, oh, come on. And then the you Chargers freaking. Desmond Ritter, you dumbass. Harbaugh. Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter's your quarterback. I don't want to hear about your. (laughs) You you got Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts, and you don't give a Who else? Uh, Washington and Seattle, the two teams, and they're not hiring until next week, reports say. Has Belichick even been interviewed, or has there been any connection? No, no, neither connection with those. I think think the uh, Washington, that's the one that. <laughs> Golden State Warriors guy Bob Myers yeah. is going to make the hire, right? Is, is there, is Seattle? There any other? So I think I think Seattle's going to be the Cowboys' defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. Okay. He used to be their defensive coordinator during the Legion of Boom. Is there any other team that could fire their coach? Uh, fire? Uh, I mean, like certainly surpri- neither. Like a surprise decision, you know, out of nowhere. They they fire and hire Belichick. It wouldn't be any of the last four, obviously, yeah, that are in these championship weeks. So. Yeah. You know, it feels like you're kind of either given the you've either given the vote of confidence or you've 
bailed on it by now. I think what's kind of done is done. Mm. I wonder how much of it is Belichick saying no to the Falcons gig. Is like, is he the one passing on the opportunity to go there? Oh, no, it's power, bro. That's it. So if you want to say that, say no. But most of these places are not going to let you have the power that Kraft yeah, gave him. I, I, they want I, you to coach the football team, I, I and know, they want to still have it, their guys in power. The, the, the power that Belichick gained over the years of the Patriots, but like what I'm saying is, of course, the teams are going to spin it as, oh, he didn't, he didn't, like, we want to give him the power. We like our guys. What's Belichick's actual reasoning? Is he actually saying, you know what? I don't, I, I don't like the situation here. I'm going to wait for a better opportunity. Nah, is he, he interviewed twice and they chose somebody else. Yeah, they maybe. chose somebody they could tell what to do. Mm-hmm. That is what football, football, yep. basketball, baseball, all these front offices, and it's not, it's it's not a bad thing, but they want it to be quote collaborative. Yeah, and Belichick is 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 a dictator more so. They're he not made. gonna be. Yeah, he ain't collaborating <laughs> with you. What the hell do you know? I'm Bill Belichick. <laughs> like these guys are not they're not collaborating with you. Like they want to run it. They want to run it, and and that was what he was allowed to do. It was very fascinating. I read a book about it years ago. Where that was, as a young owner, Bob Kraft understood where his mistake was. You know, the famous uh, Bill Parcells, you think that if they make you cook the meal, they let you choose the groceries. And that was like a big thing. In memory, he kept calling Terry Glenn a girl or whatever. We drafted this girl. <laughs> Terrible. It's all a mess. It was a different world back then. But he, um, you know, it had enough. And Bob Kraft wanted his say in this stuff. And the other guys wanted their say in this stuff. And then Bob Kraft realized, like, I don't know enough about football. This is after the Pete Carroll thing. I don't know enough about football. And I'm going to get out of football. And I'm going to turn it over to a guy that this is what he does. And he did. And that's why he became one of the greatest owners ever. Because he got out of the way. And he let the football guys do the football stuff. You know? And I think that that is very difficult to find now. I listen to these owners during these. uh, This is not an NFL pod. But I listen to these owners. I listen to that guy in Carolina. And I'm like, oh, God, you got no friggin' chance. I listen to the girl in... uh, the Titans that got rid of Rabel and now is like move Rand Carthon is moving. I'm like, oh, you got no chance. Like they're just, you know, new owners. They want to be really involved. And, you know, I get it. If I bought a team, I'd want to, I'd think I'd know what I was doing too. Can I say one more thing about Belichick? One thing he doesn't get enough credit for ever. Bledsoe gets knocked out by Mo Lewis. Huh? And he turned Tom Brady, his second-year quarterback, instead of the veteran backup, Damon Heward. That's right. He went with the second-year guy with no experience over Heward. He chose Brady. Come on. It's true. I mean, it's true. Brady was rewarded. Belichick, one of the things he always did. I went to like every Patriots training camp back like in 2011, 2012, I forget the year exactly, maybe 2013, whatever year it was, it began to shift from Wes Welker to Julian Edelman. 
And I thought me and my friend Bill, we went to every training camp together, not Bill Simmons, my friend Bill, who I've known since high school. And we all we thought Edelman was awesome. We were like, this guy is like popping. He is like, he's gonna blossom. Belichick rewarded him the starting slot receiver position over Wes Walker. And in, in Patriots media locally, it was like, this is a disgrace. What's Belichick doing? Belichick did what he always did and rewarded the better performer. That's what mm. Tom Brady always talked about. I got to look over my shoulder and outperform the guys behind me because they're going to get the playing time. They're going to get the starting role. And that's what happened that year. He always instilled that type of mentality where you got to be paranoid about the guy behind you who's working harder than you trying to take that job. Brady took the backup gig from Heward. He was rewarded just like Edelman took it from Welker. He was rewarded until he got hurt that year. But then he eventually did become the guy after the following season. So I think with Belichick, that's one of the things. Like it's that it's that culture that he built of hard work and being rewarded for for that and for getting better as a player. Uh, so I just I think that's like that. I never ever hear that mentioned. The Mo Lewis hit on Bledsoe and then going to second year Tom Brady with no experience that deserves a lot of credit too. I had no idea that we would end up talking. Uh, end up talking so much football at the end of this pod, but I'm glad that we did. It felt good. Um, <laughs> by the way, just to close out at the very end of the show, Bill Russell went to Ooh. the most finals with 12. Following Bill Russell on the list is his teammate Sam Jones, who appeared in 11 NBA finals, and LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar have been to 10. Okay. So there you go. Short on list. Your, huh. On your most finals appearances. How about uh, even championships across sports is probably not too many either. Nine finals, Jerry West, Tommy Heinsohn, Magic Johnson. And then Tom, there's not Tom that- Brady has 10 Super Bowl appearances. Um I mean, is there anybody with 10 World Series appearances? A so Yogi, just for Yogi point Berra? of reference, just for point of reference, even though you said it was ridiculous at the beginning, mm-hmm. there are more players that have been to 10 finals than have had 20 All-Star games. Because so you're going back to the 1960s with, I mean, with the Celtics. W- w- like the, the world existed in 1960, Kevin. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> As did basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yeah. these are Boston guys. You yep. should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself. The kid that grew up in Brockton, Mass. Oh, I, I knew that. I knew there was Celtics on the list, obviously. Of course there well, are. There's, it's littered with Celtics. It's Bill Russell and Sam Jones, yeah. Sam Jones has been to more finals than LeBron James, okay? <laughs> Leave me alone, LeBron fans. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but he has. You can look it up. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Kevin, it is always a pleasure. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And I'll talk to you next week. Hey, have a great weekend.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342. In Connecticut, call 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. In Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. In Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. In West Virginia, visit 1800gambler.net. In Wyoming, call 1-800-522-4700. Hope is here. In Massachusetts, visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. 